Tú conoces a tu auto mejor que nadie. ¿Y quién mejor que tú para echarle mano cuando lo necesita? ¿No tienes las herramientas? AutoZone te las presta. Se llama Loanatool. Y lo mejor de todo, es gratis. Con Loanatool, AutoZone te presta una gran variedad de herramientas para trabajos de mofle, frenos, motor, aire acondicionado y mucho más. Cuenta con AutoZone para encontrar las herramientas que te hacen falta. En AutoZone te damos lo que necesitas. Restricciones y detalles en la tienda. Locked on Bucks, presented by BrewHoop.com. Frank Madden joining you with my good friend and BrewHoop co-conspirator, Eric Name. And Eric, we are we are almost there. We're we so pre- close. We're so close. We're previewing the final preseason game of the 2016-2017 season. The Indianap- Indianapolis, the Indiana Pacers uh, are visiting the Bradley we're Center. We're still in preseason form. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. It's going to be preseason form all year for us. Uh, Indiana Pacers against the Milwaukee Bucks Wednesday night at the BMO Harris Bradley Center. You will be there. Uh, I hope you're excited about that, even if it is preseason basketball. Are you? Are you? Do you, do you feel like you're you're ready? Do you feel like you've got your reps? You're 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 excited to get going. Well, I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life. Um... <laughs> How many pounds of muscle are you at? This, this <laughs> I've really got my uh, words per minute up, uh, so we're going to be typing at a faster pace this year, um, tweeting at a faster pace, really going to be firing out a lot of three, uh, excuse me, tweets. Um, so tweet, a lot of tweet pointers. Uh, yeah, some tweet pointers will be going out. So th- there's some r- really good stuff. I had a great off season. Um, feel really, feel really ready uh, for this upcoming season. So uh, yeah, best shape of my life. I'm ready to go. All right, excellent. Well, uh, I guess on the news front, I guess really only two topics. Obviously, we'll talk about the the final preseason game, touch on that briefly. We've already seen them play against the Pacers, so uh, we don't need to get into the Pacers too much. But uh, Tony Snell was at the Bucks training facility uh, today. Uh, I saw a picture of him on a stationary bike talking to Giannis, so you know it's real. Mm-hmm. And he... Uh, I, I didn't see video of of uh, the um, press uh, press stuff he did, but I did see Charles Gardner had a story on it, and um, I think the takeaway was that uh, Tony Snell considers him the luckiest man on himself, the luckiest man on the face of the earth, uh, and he probably should because he heard Jason Kidd say that. He's going to try to get. They're going to try to get him ready and back from the ankle injury that he suffered about a week ago, and it is a possibility he could even start uh, on uh, opening night next Wednesday. Are are should we be surprised, Eric? I mean, we've kind of gotten into this, but uh, any any surprise at this or or yep, that makes sense. Uh, I don't think it's all that surprising. I think one of the funnier things about my day was. Uh, more national people, I guess, seeing Charles's tweet and then quote tweeting it with like, oh God, or oh no. <laughs> and like, it's just funny to think like, we understand how dire the situation is at shooting guard, uh, but I don't know if everyone across the country necessarily got it. And then they saw that tweet go out and they said, oh, so he's going to be starting at shooting guard for the Bucks this upcoming season. Wow. Uh, I don't think anyone was really aware that it was this bad. <laughs> um, and, and I think Bucks fans obviously know that. So for us, it, it shouldn't be much of a surprise. And I do think it makes a, a lot more sense to start Tony Snell than 
Malcolm Brogdon or Rashad Vaughn. Um, just from, I mean, just from a length perspective, if they want to continue to try to have uh, big long lineups, that would help at the at the shooting guard spot. Also, he's been in the league longer. He's actually had, I don't want to say good stretches, but less <laughs> bad stretches uh, than. Uh, Rashad Vaughn and he's actually played NBA basketball while Malcolm Brogdon hasn't so I I don't necessarily think it's surprising and I think it's probably the right move it makes the most sense and maybe even if you do think Malcolm Brogdon is the guy going forward uh, for the season at shooting guard I don't know if forcing 25 minutes on him in his first NBA game is the best way to get him ready for the NBA Um, I, I think maybe working him into those minutes slowly. And, if, I mean, even if he plays 15, 20 minutes off the bench, I, I still think that's a pretty good amount for a second-rounder um, in his rookie year. So it it makes sense to me. To, it, I'm assuming it makes sense to you as well. Yeah, I mean, the the irony of, uh, of I mean, you know, I, I think back to conversations we had about uh, – you know who's who's gonna play? You got Ennis and MCW and Vaughn and Brogdon and you know how how's all this stuff and Terry? How's all this stuff gonna shake out? And um, you know for better or worse, things are kind of falling into place because if you don't play Malcolm Brogdon as your backup point guard, I mean Jason Terry is the only other guy who even looks like a point guard off yeah. the bench. So I mean I think. Brogdon, whereas previously I might have, you know, thought, okay, maybe Brogdon is your starting shooting guard. Um, now, you know, it's quite obvious. Like, I mean, we, we mentioned it even before the MCW trade. Probably not a coincidence that they've been force feeding Brogdon point guard minutes dating back to summer league and also in this preseason. So, you know, he, he's kind of gotten the um, the fire hose education uh, <laughs> at point guard, and and now it's, you know, I mean, to me, it's like, well, okay, so. Malcolm Brogdon is your is your point guard off the bench. Uh, you've got obviously some some options, you know, in terms of uh, shooting guard. Uh, you know, we haven't really haven't really gotten an indication that Jason Terry could be a starter. Um, you know, I, I mentioned that Terry with MCW might have made some sense given the sort of yeah. defense versus three point shooting uh, complementary aspect that they might bring. Obviously, MCW is now gone. So maybe you put, you know, Jason Terry uh, and and the rookie together, uh, do the, I don't know, that, that seems like it could be some kind of like buddy cop premise. Uh, the, <laughs> I'm so you know, happy like, you said it. That's where my mind went. Yeah. Like Jason Terry can be the kind of like freewheeling, big mouthed vet. And Brog's in the Malcolm jet. Brog, Malcolm Brogdon's the buttoned up uh, <laughs> mature rookie. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so, so maybe we'll see some of that. I don't know. Uh, and you know Rashad Vaughn, I think just, I mean he can't get on the floor because of this ankle injury, and obviously he's been been bad when he has been on the court. I think he's shooting what 16% from the field, so somewhere around there, yeah, um, yeah not great. Um, <laughs> so so it's tough to to kind of see maybe anything different. So I think we've kind of um, backed our way into into a kind of semi logical starting lineup, and yeah, I mean. By default, I think Tony Snell is your kind of most logical option as as a starter, and not necessarily even as a job starter. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I think he's got a golden opportunity to play twenty plus, twenty five. You know, 
I mean, as, as if he hits threes and he defends, like there's literally going to be nothing else sort of asked of him. And um, I did think it was interesting. I, I don't know. I know you're working on some stuff, uh, asking people uh, from sort of the Chicago side of the, the blogosphere, uh, their opinions of, of Tony Snell. But it is kind of funny, you know, a lot of the criticism was that he, he isn't strong enough defensively and he's not assertive and, and whatever. And it's like, well, he doesn't have to be assertive and he's going to be defending shooting guards. So uh, this is kind of a, I mean, I don't know. Could you think of a better situation for Tony Snell? His agent, I'm sure, who is not Jeff Schwartz, is uh, is probably feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, it's funny reading some of the critiques of Tony Snell's game and what he brings to the table. And the complaints I hear are, Oh, Hoiberg was upset with his inability to do any si- anything inside like the two point line or inside the three point line, like any anything close to the rim. He couldn't get to the rim. All these things, and I was like, okay, like I get being frustrated with that, but why were you asking him to do that? Uh, you <laughs> you have other playmakers on your team that, and there's no shortage of guys in in Chicago that wanted to take shots. Why were you asking Tony Snell to do that? Um, so. I don't. It, it again. I'm still trying to reconcile some of his numbers with some of the things you hear, with some of the video of him. You see sometimes his shot looks ugly, other times it goes in. Uh, and I think there's been a couple times where he's gone off for like 30ish somewhere around there. So it, he's just. I don't know. There, there's so many different directions my thoughts on him are pulled in that it, it's tough to kind of figure out what you actually think of him. But yeah, this is. It's a wonderful opportunity for him. Uh, he's he's not going to be asked to do a ton, other than like he's a he's an innings eater. Like as, if you brought him into your pitching rotation, he's an innings eater for the Bucks. He's a minutes eater. He's just got to eat minutes up, not get in the way, maybe hit some threes, and whatever else happens happens. Like if he can play some D, he can hit some threes, and he can generally not be terrible. <laughs> that's probably a win for the Bucks, and they get fifteen hundred minutes out of them. That's over half of the minutes you need to cover for Chris Middleton, and you can kind of get creative with those other minutes. So it, it's a good. It seems like a good situation for him. It seems to make sense to me that this is this is a golden opportunity. Um, I do think one of the interesting things will be whether or not they talk extension more, and if they try to get at that done before the season starts, before he could potentially do well and ask for more money. Or if he's bad, you don't really want to sign someone if they're bad just because you can get them cheap. Like, if they're bad, they're bad. Um, so I, that question kind of lingers in my head ever since seeing uh, Windhorse kind of report that uh, over the weekend that, hmm, does it make sense to keep them? Does it make sense to extend them? So it, it's very interesting to kind of think about those different things. Yeah, um, we'll see. And, I mean, obviously we, you know, we want to temper – I think – I think what we're saying is this is a, the perfect storm of opportunity for him. And, you know, in terms of what's going to be asked of him and where his, you know, somewhat perhaps limited skill set does apply is really what the Bucks tend to need. Uh, so it's a great opportunity for him. I, I'm, I'm still wary of, you know, getting excited about Tony Snell, given 
the complete lack of excitement that he seemed to generate in Chicago. Uh, you know, this may be the peak of our of our Tony Snell excitement before he <laughs> plays a minute. But um, you know, fingers crossed for him that that he can can blend in and uh, grasp what whatever the Bucks are going to be trying to do and um, and that it works out and and you know whatever happens with the season that that maybe he's a guy that you look at uh, getting more minutes this year and, and obviously fewer when, when Chris Middleton's around. But but hopefully, you know, if, if Rashad Vaughn can't be the answer, then uh, at backup shooting guard, maybe maybe Tony Snell can be that, right? And that's, yeah. that's not, a, not a really high bar. Um, so we will not see Tony Snell on Wednesday. Uh, Rashad Vaughn, the light, latest I had seen, and that obviously can change, is that he is also not going to play. Uh, Jason Terry is also listed as, I think it was questionable with an ankle injury basically everybody who is vaguely a shooting guard for the milwaukee bucks uh, has an ankle <laughs> injury right now um what so, drill are they doing that this occurs in <laughs> yeah i don't know just somebody went around practice with a baseball bat and just started like, lining up guys feet or something i don't know what happened but um but we'll see i mean i think the obvious uh i think it'll be interesting to see against the pacers uh you know do they It'll be interesting to see if they start Brogdon at shooting guard, which might be the most logical sort of fill in the blank with a, a shooting guard sized human mm-hmm. being uh, with all these guys hurt. Or do they bring him off the bench like they did last game in order to uh, try to simulate him coming off the bench, which again seems like the obvious thing for them to be doing, certainly when, when Snell gets back. Um, and if they bring him off the bench, then. Uh, it seems like you almost by default have to go with with the big lineup. So uh, I think it'll be interesting to see if uh, if if maybe they they do bring Brogdon off the bench. Maybe we see again that big lineup, even if that's not you know what they're going to do from a starting perspective in the regular season. But maybe they go that way. Um, you know, last time the the Bucks and Pacers played, Thon Maker was the guy starting at at uh, power forward. Uh, so who knows? Maybe it'll be him. Maybe it'll be Toledovich again. We'll see. But um, I don't know. Anything else you're kind of curious to see, uh, especially now that you're you're going to be going in person? Any uh, any anything you're going to be as you as you is this your wait? Is this your first trip to the BMO Harris Bradley Center this year? Did you go to? I forget if you went to the Mac Fun game or not. Um, I got to do a little pregame, but I didn't get to stay for the game. I had some other work to do. Um, so this will be my first game action and. I guess one of the things I'm excited about is the Bradley Center is going to be empty-ish. sold out. Sold out. (laughs) No? Probably empty-ish. And that means I get to hear defensive calls. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll be be close enough that you can actually hear when guys are talking. And I know I I thought in some preseason games, uh, let's see, two years ago you could really hear Jared Dudley. You could hear Dudley, you could hear Zaza, and I think as the season went on, and maybe it was just because the like the Bradley Center was getting less full as the season went on, but it seemed like you could hear guys like Greg Monroe and Middleton talk a little bit more. Um, so I'll be fascinated to see what you hear from Giannis. Um, seeing Jabari play defense in person will be nice, just because there's been so many weird feeds that we've had during the preseason, because preseason basketball, for the most part, isn't really broadcasted on a normal television broadcast like the Pistons one might have been the in arena scoreboard I don't know it was strange um, and it always it always shows like replays of every home basket so correct. if you so you always like miss the beginning of the falling possession if you're you know a fan of the away team which is 
less than ideal. Yeah, and and then also when you're in person, you can actually see where guys are moving defensively, and if they're not, if you don't have a weird camera angle, then you can kind of see the rotations and stuff like that. So, to me, the basketball nerd to me is excited about that to see how guys move um, with an empty-ish arena to see how guys talk. Um, that excites me. The jumbo lineup that they used. Uh, excites me in general i mean just that trio of Giannis, jabari and toledovich with two other people that make sense uh that is is generally pretty fun and had some it certainly had some moments in detroit uh certainly that first half it looked pretty good and then it probably looked equally as bad in the second half uh so i guess just seeing how they kind of clear any of that up i don't paul george isn't gonna play or is he gonna play for the pacers I haven't seen anything. He came. He was, I think, ill the last time they played, and that's why he didn't officially play. He did play uh, in the the last Pacer game. Actually, all of the Pacers starters played 30 minutes, and it was, you know, the lineup that you would expect with with Teague, Monte, George, Thad Young, and Miles Turner. So, so that would be super exciting to see the jumbo lineup try to guard. That, yeah, like that would be fascinating because. Again, they struggled with KCP. Um, Paul George is uh, a step, maybe three to five steps uh, ahead of KCP as far as an offensive basketball player. So uh, kind of seeing how they would dole out defensive assignments and how they would try to cover a player as talented as Paul George would certainly excite me as well. Again, it's preseason basketball, so you never really know how much effort anyone's giving, how many plays the coach is trying to actually let people see. Um, But for the most part that would that would be exciting to me as well yeah i think the interesting you know the in a lot of ways george is a much you know george is a much more natural guy for the bucks to cover because he's you know Giannis is, is is it's kind of much easier to look at him as as a guy just put Giannis on versus uh, you know with kcp he's a shooting guard and and they had jabari on him a lot of the game it, it seemed like if i was paying attention enough it seemed like when they ran um you know, like if he was coming off screens, mm-hmm. uh, the Bucks would generally switch um, with a Giannis. I think even Toledovich might have switched on KCP at some point. I think you're um, right. Which kind of makes sense because you really don't have a proper defender or a proper size defender for KCP. Um, and I think the interesting thing is that, you know, Monte is, is not obviously a shooter like KCP, which obviously is a good thing for the Bucks. Um but I think it kind of caught the Pacers by surprise the last time the teams met. And I think Monte was kind of like, what? Like, and he sort of settled for some kind of mid-range shots, which obviously you love to see if you're playing the Pacers. Um, I think in the second half, they, they did a little bit more. I want to say like more pick and roll and kind of got Monte going downhill a little bit more. Um, I could be just completely misremembering <laughs> that. But, uh, but it'll be interesting to see, especially because these teams have played before. Um, I kind of would like to see the Bucks go big again, if for only you know, for no other reason than to just see um, can the Pacers one, now that they've seen that sort of big look before, can yeah. they can they try to take advantage of it? And then on the flip side, obviously getting Paul George out there, both see how the Bucks defend him, but also uh, see how Giannis does. You know, presumably George would defend him, and and Paul George is you know arguably you know along with like you know say LeBron um, and and maybe Durant, kind of like the you know, freakiest, most physically gifted uh, and defensively capable guys that, that Giannis is going to go up against. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, most knights will have kind of some clear advantages probably in terms of like length or um, athleticism and, and those guys obviously you know can, can actually sort of keep up with him to, to a fair extent so we'll be interested to see if the bucks you know try to use screens or other ways to to try to get Giannis in uh in, in different mismatches or, or what they do um and it'll be interesting to see how much uh Jabari and, and Thad Young trade buckets um, uh, I was gonna say one other thing that I thought was interesting against the Pistons it seemed like everyone on the roster was screening for Giannis in a pick and roll um but it, and I thought last year, a lot of the time, it was like, all right, you're going to run it with Miles, and that'll be fine. But I feel like uh, against the Pistons on Monday, Miles was setting pick-and-roll screens. Jabari was a roll man. Thon was a roll man for him. Deli set one. Toledovich did pick-and-pop. I don't know if he played with Henson, but if he did, Henson probably got let. Like, there was like five or six guys that they ran pick-and-roll with Giannis with. And that was... That was super interesting to me, um, just to see them so willingly commit to pick and rolls, and Giannis as uh, the guy doing the ball handling there, and then giving him a number of different looks. Um, so just seeing more of that, the, the, any Giannis and Jabari pick and roll excites me, no matter which way it's going, no matter who's the screener and who's the ball handler. Um, but seeing some more of that is fun, and seeing the different things that they can do uh, with this roster and Giannis at point guard is very exciting. So I'll be looking for that as well. Yeah, and I mean, it's just fun. I mean, it kind of makes sense that you do a lot more pick and roll with Giannis because, you know, fundamentally when Giannis is, you know, your point forward or guard, whatever we're going to call it, <laughs> Eric, um, the goal is not to get the ball out of his hands, right? right? I mean, the goal is to create uh, options for him to, you know, pass, sure, if, he, if you know, the defense collapses or... Um, if he can put the defense in a compromising situation and, and somebody's open, then great, pass. But you're trying to get him going to the basket and, and getting shots, going to the rim. Um, and obviously screening is the obvious way and, and running multiple screens if the first one doesn't work. You know, it's like, hey, don't, you know, don't, try, don't make this rocket science. Yeah. Um, you know, Giannis is a young player. He hasn't done this at the NBA level very much. Just, you know, always have guys ready to, to run screens for him and, you know, ultimately, eventually, like a guy like Giannis, you know, if the, if the shot clock doesn't run out, eventually a screen's going to get him probably into a position where he's going to be able to make a play. So um, versus if, you know, Michael Carter-Williams is your point guard last year starting the season, you're not trying to get MCW into pick and rolls no. or ISOs or any of those things. You're, you know, that's why we saw so many of these push sets where, you know, Carter Williams is passing the ball to Greg Monroe and then he's setting a screen and, you know, making, making a cut to the basket or something like that. So it's just kind of like fundamentally like changing the thesis of who's, who you're trying to get the ball to. And obviously um, it's much nicer when the guy with the ball is a guy who you actually would like to get shots because <laughs> it yeah. means that's one fewer pass that you might have to make. Um, so I think it, it, yeah, I think it lets you, and we talked about this with Brett Coromenis, you know, just trying to simplify maybe some of the stuff the Bucks yep. run and, um, you know, not having to maybe be as, I don't want to say contrived, but but try to, you know, be as cute trying to get other guys involved. Um, and certainly if you're, you know, trying to get um, Greg Monroe or, you know, somebody who, who can't just give the, get the ball on the outside and make a play, you, you have to kind of make a more of an effort to do that. So anyway. One other... Um, one other Giannis point guard thing I was just thinking about. Um, again, this could just be something 
I'm imagining and not actually the truth uh, because that, that does happen sometimes. But it did seem like in the game against Detroit, and I guess generally as the preseason has gone forward, I thought at the start of the preseason there'd be a lot of times where they'd run, pick, and roll, and Giannis would take one or two dribbles and then pick up his dribble. Um, I know in the first Bulls game uh, that happened a lot, where he would take a dribble or two to his left, pick it up, and then try to think about a skip pass or do something else. And it seemed like against the Pistons he would take one dribble and see if there was something there, and if there wasn't, then get another screen. He just seemed less willing to force his way into the lane and more willing to reset and get another screen that might be better and and I thought also he would if he did pick it up he'd get it to Miles Plumlee or Greg Monroe and then immediately go get the ball back and then get into some more action so uh, again it's it's going to be really fun to watch him throughout this season figure out the intricacies of playing point guard in the NBA Um, because as as Brett mentioned while he was on the podcast with us, and as we've talked about, he has a very great—he's he's got a great natural feel for the actions of a point guard and making plays and, and putting the ball on the ground. But finding out all those nuances of pick and roll play is going is going to be really this season for him, and it's going to be really fun to watch him as he starts to figure these things out: what passes he can make, how he can make these passes, when he can make these passes, to who he can make these passes. Um, it's going to be really fun, and I think it has been. I think you've seen improvement already, and we're just talking about five preseason games. Yeah, and it helps when you know you can take a screen, and then it's only two steps to get to the rim and you're <laughs> yeah. longer and taller than even the opposing team's center. So that also simplifies things. I'll leave, I'll leave everybody with just a few numbers. Let's leave on a high note. Uh, I mentioned it in the preview we've got up for the game, but um, per 36 minutes, obviously the, you know, preseason guys aren't playing uh, at the same minute load that you expect to see them. Although probably, you know, last game we saw them uh, playing a bit more, but per 36 minutes, you know, which is probably going to be close to what the Bucks. You know, two main guys are going to play per game. You hope. Uh, you hope. Uh, Jabari, 22.1 points, 8.2 boards, 56.8% true shooting. Um, I know his uh, PER is north of 20. And Giannis, also PER north of 20. He's averaging 20.5 points, 6.7 rebounds, 5.1 assists per 36 on 58.6% true shooting. So those guys are putting up numbers folks and um it's just preseason etc etc but i think i I mean it's kind of interesting i think i had that like pinch me type moment when i was like oh my god after the middleton injury honestly nabari could average 20 points a game (laughs) now it's kind of like i think they kind of have to and are by default almost going to average 20 points a game um and but i will note this neither guy is leading the bucks in per that, my friends, yeah. is Greg Monroe. You guys listening? <laughs> Can we send this out to other GMs? Do, yeah. Do we have their emails? <laughs> Are they listening to the Lockdown Network? I don't know. Uh, John Hammond, uh, Justin Zanuck, uh, all those guys, you're, you know, somebody forward this hyperlink to them so they can forward <laughs> it to opposing GMs. But um, he's averaging 20.6 points, 12 rebounds. steals and 1.9 blocks per 36 in addition to that team high 25.3 PER Um, that's just Greg Monroe doing Greg Monroe stuff (laughs) 
<laughs> I think that would be the funniest thing is if Greg Monroe just like continues to get put up better and better numbers and his trade <laughs> value just continues to fall further and further. Um, so anyway, the for sale sign is out in the yard. We'll see if there are any any uh, any takers here. But uh, enjoy the game. Enjoy the final preseason game, everybody. We'll be back to uh, recap it on a pod. I think Eric will try to talk with me right after the game, so it'll be just totally fresh and 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 hot coming off the presses. <laughs> and uh, thanks for, for listening, everybody. Um, shoot us an email, brewhoop at gmail.com. Tweet us at brewhoop or at Eric underscore name. Um, appreciate everybody subscribing to our Locked On podcast. And be sure to check out uh, all the other great podcasts on the Locked On Network. And uh, we're almost there. Exciting times. Week away from the regular season opener. I'll be there. I'll see you there, Eric. Can't and, wait. And uh, I think we'll uh, hopefully see maybe some, some of you guys, if you're there as well, start tweeting at us. And uh, I don't know, maybe we'll, we'll figure someone out and meet up before the game. But anyway, have a good night. Sleep well. The season is almost upon us. Support for this podcast comes from NetSuite. NetSuite lets you run your business from your phone so you can see what's going on with your company in real time. Go to netsuite.com slash podcast to get your free guide and find out why NetSuite is the last business system you'll ever need.